Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Happy Monday and welcome into Cleveland Browns Daily. Nathan Zagura alongside Gibbe today. Bo Bishop spending some time on the Ponderosa with his pops in town. So he'll be back with us tomorrow. So we will certainly miss him today. But Gibbe, I got to tell you, it was real nice to have a weekend to just sit around, watch football or not watch football, depending on what you wanted to do with it. But really to be able to just go out there and kind of do whatever it was while knowing the Browns had already won for the week, getting the job done 29 to 17 over the Steelers uh, of all the primetime games whether it's Thursday night Sunday night or Monday night and it requires a ton of work on the front end but Thursday night blows away Sunday night and Monday night you don't have to wait all day for Sunday you don't have to wait no. all weekend for Monday night I mean it's and you get a little mini bye week and you can't go wrong, man. It was it was fantastic. It was good to get away, recharge the batteries a little bit. No doubt. And, and now we get into a uh, a busy month of October. That all of a sudden, there's a lot of teams with some issues that we're playing yep. over the next five the weeks. Chargers have real issues. The Patriots, uh, our next three games. I mean, the Falcons have struggled. They they really struggle on defense. Although they came out, they are coming off of a big win on the road against the Seattle Seahawks, 27 to 23. We'll talk about that, obviously, as things go on. Uh, but there are some issues. Uh, before we move on with the rest of the show, I just wanted to to take one second and say that while we were all loving what was going on in that in that game, the Browns beating the Steelers, 29 to 17. Uh, our linebacker coach and good friend of this program, Jason Tarver, I lost his father. His father passed away, and he tweeted this out. He said, my hero, my dad passed away during the fourth quarter of our team win on Thursday night. Uh, he showed this picture of him from playing uh, baseball as a young man. He says, I'm the kid on the right with the big ears. My dad grew up in Syracuse. He loved the Browns. Jim Brown and Ernie Davis were his heroes. Help us grind and win here in the land. And also said, congrats to the Guardians. So uh, thoughts certainly with Browns linebacker coach Jason Tarver. Um, and his family after the passing of his father and, and his hero at the, at the age of 75 years old. So something we definitely want to give a shout-out. We're very – listen, it very much is a family here with the Browns, and you get a chance to know these guys uh, as we do, you know, not just the players but the coaches, um, and you get to, you know, become friends with them. And so very sad day in that regard uh, for Coach Tarver, and certainly our thoughts are with him and his family uh, out in California and uh, all around the country. So just wanted to make sure we got that in there. Um, but, you know, this was a weekend, Gibe, that was, uh, as we said, it was nice and it was relaxing for us. By the way, Coach Tarver did share to lighten the mood a great story of his. He got the coach's son's flag football team on Saturday, which he never gets to do, uh, and and they won, and he was, like, so pumped about it. So, like, that was a cool guy. He got to have a cool father-son moment. Uh, coming out of that so certainly again thoughts with him uh, also congrats you know to, to his son's team but also congrats to the guardians al central division champions and like that magic number i was at spoto's on tuesday and i feel like the magic number was like it was like 10 yeah and then it's over on sunday yeah it, which is incredible i'm not sure anybody outside of the guardians organization believed the way that they believed this year 
Oh, they sure did. And, and by the way, they believed and they absolutely delivered on that belief. And, and so, yeah, major props to them. Hopefully there's a, we're a lot of division titles in this city. I mean, it's possible we could have a clean sweep of them. Cavs look pretty darn good. The Guardians have already done it. And so they would say the ball is in our court, certainly here with the Browns, who right now currently tied atop the division 2-1 and one with the Baltimore Ravens. But just going back to the weekend, number one, it was so nice. Number two. It is hard to – like, I haven't been waiting all day for Sunday. Bo's so right, and I know we get to experience this a couple times a year, but, like, watching the 1 o'clock games, I was, like, juiced. I was all in, a lot of fantasy stuff going on, although it felt like a lot of the guys on my team got hurt, Dave Montgomery, and I was feeling really good about him. And, by the way, Khalil Herbert comes in and runs for 157 yards and two touchdowns as his backup, which would have been him. And so he is, of course, alongside Nick Chubb for a candidate for the ground player of the week. Nick Chubb, third straight week he's been on this list. Uh, and also our opponent this week, Cordero Patterson, 141 yards rushing and a touchdown of his own. Uh, but, man, it is a long day of watching a lot of football. And quite frankly, the afternoon games, Atlanta-Seattle was the best one. I mean, the Jags blasted the Chargers. The Rams-Cardinals game was gross. And, honestly, the Bucks packers game was not Awful. a fun watch at all. And then by the end of Sunday night, they're like, oh, we'll show you 4 o'clock. This is going to be completely – thank God I had an hour to watch House of the Dragons – in the middle because my goodness that was a, miss a thing awful game yeah it was tom brady aaron Rodgers, patrick mahomes josh allen 12 points 14 points 17 points 19 points yesterday man and and rough and then there's justin herbert who's playing through the ribs which clearly uh, affect him he put up 10 points uh the chargers also lost their pro bowl left tackle rashawn slater with a torn biceps tendon he is out for the year. Yeah, that just came down from uh, from I think Pelissero or Pelicero, Rashi, yep. one of the two. That that's ten minutes ago. So he's out again. That's the Browns' week five opponent. Week and Bosa's six, got a groin. Week six, Bosa's got a groin. Didn't finish. He the was game. having an MRI today. Um, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Hi. Now this is this was the uh, this is the latest update on that severe high ankle sprain timetable TBD. So he could go on IR, and if he goes on IR, then he would be out for our game, which means we'd be facing Brian Hoyer or Bailey Zappi. I think we'd be facing Brian Hoyer. I, I my thought would be the same, <laughs> but I, stranger things have come from Uncle Bill. Boy, that would just be an incredible situation. But I mean, the Browns. So the Browns. If 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 let's just say this is a big theoretical. But if that happens, my guess is if it's a severe high ankle sprain, he probably will go on the IR. The term used was severe high ankle sprain, which means like you've broken your ankle without breaking it. You broke it. Yes. Um. It would be week one, Baker. Week two, Flacco. Week three, Trubisky. Week four, Marcus Mariota. Week five, Herbert. Week six, Brian Hoyer. And then Lamar and by the way, Burrow. <laughs> Justin Herbert has to, like, sign waivers to get injections. I, yeah. Th did you read that whole Well, because of what Moore? happened with Terod Taylor. It is crazy. That yeah. I, I don't know if he should be playing period right now, but it's not going to heal until the season's over. It, it, that, that whole story – was crazy in and of itself yesterday. But the one thing you can't go to sleep on, 
The Falcons are no longer gutless. I believe someone said that to me on Friday when I called them the gutless Falcons. Yeah, they're not gutless. They are uh, not gutless. Seattle is points. so bad. Look at Brandon Lynch walking by. Confidence. What a human. Seattle's defense is so bad. It's wild. They're uh, the fa- One of the biggest stories in the National Football League has got to be the fact, the simple fact, that Russell Wilson and this Broncos team look abysmal. I mean, they look abysmal. It's really a stunning situation how bad they look. By the way, I'm just taking a look right now, Gibbe, at, yeah. at the scores. Probably not so great. Uh, no, these scores are electric. I mean, I've hit my, one, two, three, four. I'm seven for seven right now. I hit. I won. The, I hit the first seven games. Well, and Bo was taking. Wasn't he taking a bunch of the road teams? We took a bunch together. We had Cincinnati was a big road favorite that we took together. He took Houston, which was looking good, but I took Chicago. Chicago ends up covering that one. Uh, he took Kansas City. I took Indianapolis because I said it meant so much to them. We both had Vegas, which was a loss. We both had New Orleans, which was a loss. Uh, he had Phil. Oh, I, I've gone cold now. We both had the Chargers loss. Uh, I did have Atlanta. That's a win for me, dog. Tampa, Green Bay. Who won that game? Green Bay by two. Green Bay by two because Tampa yeah. Bay couldn't figure out how to do the two-point conversion. Yeah. And then Although we, now – Man, there, I started hot and then I went cold. Was, the play clock was at 20 and it yeah. should have been at 25. Well, I started off hot and then I went cold. So I started off 7-0 and oh, and I now sit at 8-7. and seven. <laughs> Really? I lost Vegas. I lost New Orleans. I lost Washington football team, the Chargers. I lost Tampa, Arizona, and the Niners. The Niners should have won that game 100 times over. Hey, Jimmy G, know where the back of the end oh zone is. Oh, my God, that was unbelievable. That would, that game was so god-awful last night. Waiting all day for Sunday night. Oh eh, my maybe goodness. you shouldn't. No, it put, it put sweet Miss K right to bed. That's for darn sure. She went right to bed. I stayed up and watched it to the end because it was the Niners. I don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson. But, again, if I'm a Denver Bronco fan, I just paid a lot of money to a guy that has not looked well. Oh, they were there were some boos, brother. Uh, until that final drive, which I went back and watched this morning because I was asleep by the midway through the third quarter. There um, were some boos. He did not look good. I mean, he's missing wide-open guys. Like, yeah. terrible. And they went through it. I mean, it was dreadful. He finished 20 of 33 for 184 yards. He was sacked four times. Uh, again, they continue to play this Boone character and, and Melvin Gordon, which is unconscionable to me. Um, but Jimmy G, man, oh, man. Jimmy G missed. Uh, he had Samuel wide open on a route in the second quarter I saw that he didn't even look his way. It's wild. It was it was a wild game of football, but it, as I said, it was before, a wild it was a wild week three. Yes, I mean the Chargers. How many people? And I know that Herbert. Once you saw that Herbert was playing, how many people survivor pools got blown up by the Chargers against the Jags? They lost eighteen straight on the road. Eighteen. They snapped that streak. How about the Colts? Written off for dead. Beat the Chiefs. The Dolphins. Are they for real? They beat the Bills. You have a butt punt. Pretty spectacular, by the way. The butt punt was spectacular. It was. 
The only winless team in the National Football League after three weeks. The Raiders. Who would have seen that coming, given the talent that they have? Not me. And you've got, from an undefeated team standpoint, you've got... you got three. Yep. Miami, Miami and Philly are both 3-0. and Philly. Giants play tonight. They're 2-0. and Philly is... After watching Tampa Bay and Green Bay yesterday? Philly is awesome. I think Philly's better than both of them so far. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Jalen Hurts was phenomenal. Devontae Smith was phenomenal. It was, yeah. There were, there were some very interesting games as you went around the league, but it was, uh, it's just, football's awesome. Is really my big takeaway yes. from the day. Football is awesome. I, there's no doubt in my mind I prefer offensive football to defensive football. Um, there were some crazy hits around the league in this one. You know, now we're investigating the concussion protocol, which I don't know if I've, I've looked in here. Maybe you're going to have this in here about the, the Dolphins. And we will go around the, the league and do a little bit more on each of these games. But uh, we've got Jim Donovan coming up at 2 o'clock, the voice of the Browns. So that'll be fun. Nick Shook, 2.30. We've got highlights from the podium. We've got Stefanski. We've got Jacob Phillips, who now we know, Anthony Walker Jr. on injured reserve. is going to have to play a big role uh, there in that, in that room. And I'll tell you, JOK is banged up. You got to wonder, and these are not scores. These are not scores. But Gibbe, see if you can say what I'm going to say next. You got to wonder if we're going to bring back an old reliable in that linebacker room. Gentleman that's been with us for a couple of years. Yeah, Malcolm Smith. A couple little Not runs. scores, but you got to imagine that that's – if he's still ready to go, he's played very well for us. He knows the defense. There would be zero acclimation period other than getting his bend. They'd be able to ease him back in terms of snaps. But he knows this defense and knows how to play in coverage, which is the most important thing, I think, for a linebacker uh, right now in the National Football or, League to be able to do. Or is this the moment for Phillips and Taki Taki? I think it is, is the, moment, the moment, but we're talking depth. Yeah. Well, yeah, you – because after that, you got Fields, yep. you got Kunashik, you got N Dakota Allen's on the practice squad. But m the guy who comes in right now and knows all three positions and has the trust of this coaching staff is Malcolm Smith. If he's from a leadership standpoint, no doubt, no doubt, and and is and knows all the guys in the room. They've all played with him. Phillips has played with them. Taki's played with them. So it makes a lot of sense. Not scores again, but would not surprise me in the least to see uh, that happen if it if it is able to do if the Browns are able to do so. All right, when we come back, we're going to hear from the head coach of your Cleveland Browns. We're going to give you some updates as well on this football team. It's all coming your way. We're off and running on a Monday edition, Cleveland Browns Daily, right here on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumkey Waste and Recycling is a family-owned and operated company. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become a part of the family. Visit Rumkey.com to learn more. Back to the podium we go. Head coach of your Cleveland Browns, your 2-1 and one. Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski. Any update on uh, No update. I think we'll know more as the week goes on. Yeah. Uh, J.O.K. and Caven? Yeah, i got to get to Wednesday to see where everybody is. Joel was on the bike. Is that just the biceps that was bugging him? Correct. Thoughts on, on your team? 
Yeah, I think it's a good team. Uh, well coached, um, good players uh, across the board. Having watched it this morning and and diving into the scheme, uh, I think it's really sound on all three sides of the ball. Uh, so it's going to be a, a big challenge for us. Think of a lot, but you know, given this greater opportunity without Anthony, um, do you think that's something he really embraces and looks forward to? Yeah, without a doubt. Jacob's a very competitive uh, young man. Uh, played well in the last ball game. We're going to need him to continue to ascend and play, and you know, get better and those type of things. Uh, but he's uh, he's definitely somebody that's uh, excited about the opportunity. Saw Jacoby's confidence level kind of rise, or maybe vice versa. Yours came. Yours rose with him. I don't. I don't think so. No, I, I really don't. I think it's a uh, a lot of what we see on Sundays or whatever Thursdays are the culmination of work. Pretty simple. During the offseason that made a lot of calls to people about Jacoby and you're really impressed with some of the things that that were said. Is there any conversation that, that sticks out specifically related to that? Uh, not anything specific uh, or, or specific person, Jake, but you call former teammates, former coaches, those type of things and just get a feel for the person. I mean, when you're looking at any player, there's tape and you can watch the tape, but that doesn't tell the full story. You got to get to know the person as well. Was there a through line that like everybody kind of said this one specific thing about him? Or the different attributes that they, no, they Yeah, again, I think kind of all the things we've talked about, he's a pro, uh, good teammate. He's been, been through a lot. He's been in a bunch of different situations like we've talked about. The experience and strange situations, but did, were you guys drawn to his demeanor as well? He seems to be the same guy all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good trait to have for a quarterback, backup quarterback, starting quarterback. I think that's that's good because you do go through so much in this league, uh, week to week, quarter to quarter, those type of things. So I, I think it's a good trait. On the field on Thursday, just what did you see? You know, kind of watching it and. And how much did kind of that month, you know, he, he was practicing a lot leading up to it. How much did that help make kind of a seamless transition back? Yeah, I thought he played well. Uh, it, it looked like the old Jack uh, to me. And he's uh, he was playing very physical. Um, he's looked good at in practice. I mentioned to you guys he's he's stronger than I think he's ever been. I think he's really he worked so hard this uh, whole offseason. Uh, so good to see him out there. Emphasis or do anything more on special teams this week to sort of shore some of that up, or is it just business as usual? Well, I think we need to get better in a bunch of different areas on our, on our football team. There's certainly things that we feel like we can clean up, uh, and that's part of what today was really. We had a couple special teams periods out there working on some things, and uh, a lot of it always goes back to technique and fundamentals. Third downs on both sides of the ball um, for years have always seemed to be a problem here, but this year you guys are doing really well on uh, on the offensive side, averaging close to 50%, and on the defensive side, you're holding up to below 40%. Just what do you attribute that early success to? Yeah, I mean, the guys are doing a nice job. you got to be careful on all statistics in a small sample size uh, this early in the season, but, you know, offensively, uh, I think it helps to be in shorter distances. I think that really has been a, a a thing to look at, especially in this last game. Uh, but then it just comes down to, I think the guys are operating really well. I think uh, 
you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I don't think we had any operational penalties on offense in that game, and I think that is important uh, and then is even more important when you go on the road like we are this week. And then defensively, you know, in those situations on third down, understanding where they're trying to go with the ball and, and having a counter to that. So the guys have a good understanding uh, right now on what we're trying to get done. When you have a drive on Thursday night like you did, that one where you ran 10 times um, on 11 plays, is deciding to run the ball that much, does it kind of feel? Is it? Do you go into the drive thinking this is what we're going to do? How, how do you balance that? Yeah, I think, you know, we've mentioned this before. You go into every game trying to run and throw it. You're trying to just any which way move the ball. Uh, when you get into a second-half situation when you feel like uh, the run game is starting to get close to br breaking, you know, a, a run here or there. Um, you, you give the guys an opportunity to do that. Uh, having said that, it opens up opportunities in the pass game. So that's where you talk about that marriage of the run and the pass. It's really they serve each other. Uh, and in a the situation you're talking about, Dan, I think that the guys were just really coming off the ball. Uh, I think that we talked a lot about the physicality of that game. We knew that's what it was going to be, and I think – we saw that our guys were really up front. Tight ends were coming off the ball. They're all fun. <laughs> when, when you're scoring, if it ends in six plus one, it's, they're all fun. You had, uh, with, with the, the injury to Walker, were you feeling you're down to the kind of the bone at linebacker? You got one on practice. You need at least to find another. We're talking. Another? Yeah, we're talking through all those things, Tony. I think that's the nature of the NFL, as we all know. You get into certain weeks and you're all of a sudden, you, you felt good about your depth, and the next thing you know, you're out two guys, whatever it may be. So we'll uh, continue to look at those type of things. But the, the guys that are here are getting a ton of reps, uh, feel very comfortable with, with the group that we have. Chester Rogers, he passed the audition. I, yeah, I thought he did a nice job in, in some tough conditions uh, the other night in, in the wind. Uh, so overall, did a nice job. We'll, we'll see where we go uh, this week. Activate Dimitrik uh, on on Thursday. What was what was kind of behind that? Yeah, wanted to give Chester an opportunity uh, as as the punt returner there. Um, you know that was for that week. We'll see if that's the direction we go this week. But uh, Dimitrik's a good football player. He's going to make a bunch of plays for us this season. All right, that's Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski at the podium. Uh, some updates for this Browns football team on what we saw out there. Back practicing, Jedrick Wills was a little bit banged up and missed a few snaps against Pittsburgh, but did return to that game. Browns left tackle was practicing today, as was safety Ronnie Harrison, who, remember, was a late scratch, injured in the pregame warmup. Good news is not a significant injury, Thank and goodness. he is back for the Browns. And he's somebody that, especially against a team like this, with a tight end like Kyle Pitts, a team that will run a lot of two tight end looks, you like to have the option to have that big nickel, and Ronnie Harrison certainly fills that bill, fits that bill for the Cleveland Browns. So good news that he is back. Not out there at all in any way, shape, or form today for the Browns, Jadevian Clowney and defensive tackle Taven Bryan. And Taven Bryan has been very good for the Browns. He's second on the team in pressures so far this season. So that's a big one and, and one certainly to monitor. And that was one that it happened in the game, but in the moment, like you, maybe you didn't realize it or you didn't know the severity of it. And then it's just like, oh, wait, he did get hurt. You know, because yep. everybody, you know, everybody remembers the Walker one. And, yep. you know, when JOK, you know, suffered what, what he suffered and, 
you're just kind of like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Tam Bryant. But you're right. Bryant's been playing really, really well for this football team. Yeah, if you go in on kind of the full season, look at it for the Cleveland Browns, you go into the defensive side of the ball. Uh, right now, here's your, your team leaders. You've got 15 pressures, Miles Garrett and the three sacks. Then it's Taven Bryan with eight, and then Anthony Walker with eight. And we know Anthony Walker on injured reserve now. Uh, then Jadevian Clowney with six. And so that's a big, you know, Taven Bryan has been playing good football for this team. And certainly in his ability to get around and disrupt the quarterback, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, JOK has had such a phenomenal year so far for the Cleveland Browns. He is out. The groin kept him on a bike. Um, and then Batonio with the bicep. But Joel Batonio should be good to go. The thing is that, you know, Kevin Stefanski said we're not ready to rule anybody out at all. We'll have to see how this thing progresses. But you want to be healthy here. And, look, this is something that everybody in the NFL is dealing with, honestly. But you hope to be able to go into Atlanta at full strength and be able to go ahead and put your best foot forward and get to that 3-1 and one number that we had talked about so much for these first four games. All right, when we come back here on Cleveland Browns Daily, we will go around the NFL. We'll talk about some of the games from Sunday, take a look specifically at the AFC North games, and much, much more. But don't forget, there's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers. Presented by Milkbone is the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. Around the league, coming up next, don't forget, still to come, 2 o'clock. On the Twisted Tea Hotline, the voice here, Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. Plus, we're going to hear from new starting Mike linebacker, Jacob Phillips. And then Nick Shook joins us from NFL.com at 2.30. So a lot still to come here on Cleveland Browns Daily on 8.50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back in to Cleveland Browns Daily. And apparently, Gibbe, tomorrow with when, when Bo returns. But you won't, it won't wait for Wednesday, Gibbe, but we got some news about the show. I, I believe we have a sponsor. Oh, baby. I believe we have a sponsor. That's we right. Have a hotline sponsor, now the show sponsor. About time. Let's go. I love it. It's a good thing. Working it, hard. It is a good thing. We are working hard, and so are the, our great salespeople, and it's happy to have people on board. We'll be able to share more details with you very shortly, so I am excited about that. All right, let's start. First of all, Gibbeg, did you over the weekend take any time to make anything, any meals of food or anything like that that the people should know about? No, my fabulous wife booked us a nice little Airbnb in the middle of nowhere. Oh, baby. A uh, little bit south of Toledo and Perrysburg. Uh, okay. So between Toledo and like Bowling Green. Okay. Um, in a place that was called uh, Waterville. Okay. Uh, and just outside of Waterville is a place called Grand Rapids, Ohio. So this was a romantic getaway. Well, it, she got us a, a little cabin right on the Maumee River. Like literally the backyard was the Maumee River. That's so cool. It was awesome. It was great. They allowed the dogs. So we took the dogs with us. Um, and then we were kind of like looking up things to do. Like we we're getting excited. You know, it's like, what trouble can we get yeah. into? Cause my wife is pretty good at that. For sure. Um, and she found us, uh, there was a festival going on in downtown Waterville. They had an outdoor beer garden and bands playing all afternoon. 
Okay. It's like they knew you were coming. Right on the water? Yeah. What am I going to do? Yeah. You're not not going. Yeah. Walked around, took the dogs back home, then went and watched Ohio State. And uh, that game lasted approximately 21 minutes. And uh, yeah, and they I think I might be long. generous at that. Poor Hoff. So rough yeah, showing. Not not great. So we we ate out. It yeah. was. Uh, I mean, we had the opportunity. We could cook it. Sure. Cook there, and it's hard to go grocery shopping in a store you like, don't know well, and all that. If, we're, if you're there more than like 48 hours, sure. And sure. there's more than just two of us. Fine. But otherwise, like, let's go enjoy the the wares. Yeah, we found some great little uh, great little gems and. Some good eats and how fun, dude! All right, and you were telling me about this. I saw your wife on Instagram post some things. Yeah, she posted. So she posted the the stew, but then she also the next day like made a little stew hash covered with a little uh, fried egg, which she was very pleased about for brunch yesterday. So yeah, I I don't know why, but you know I wake up and and one of the first things I think about is like, all right, what am I gonna make for dinner that night? And I get very excited about it, and so on Saturday. Um, I knew we were we were gonna stay home. Uh, we had Bryce Arden was out babysitting. So Good we, for her, we she's had, getting oh, the babysitting dude. under the wing. Oh yeah, she's she's crushing it. It's just the only part. It's hard for me. I just we don't get to see her as much because she's always got either plans or babysitting. Oh, yes. And yeah, getting older. Teen, I know it's not as cool anymore to hang out with the old daddy. But that's all right. Um, so I I don't know, but I was like I woke up and I was like, you know what I want. I was had a taste for lamb, so I was like, I want to make a lamb stew. Ooh. And so I looked up and I found this great uh, kind of like a French recipe. Um, and you know, it's nothing fancy. It's very much it's a it's a stew. It's got some. It would have the meat. It would have a bunch of garlic, um, onion, carrots, a little celery. That was my own ad right there. Um, bunch of mushrooms, red wine, beef broth, and then I cooked it in the you know did everything in the dutch oven but at first you know just kind of sauteed everything sure. and i got some duck fat to saute the meat and so i was pumped about that so that added another depth of the flavor uh and then you're able you know a bunch of herbs and spices and whatnot and then in the uh, oven for like two hours in the dutch oven at like 325 after everything was like going and it was amazing but i wanted some lamb and you know with everything going on supply chain issues this that whatever there was no lamb like three different places, my three go-to places for lamb. Neither, none of the Heinen's had them. Uh, and then I called a couple other places. Nobody had any, any of the lamb because you need like leg of lamb, a boneless leg of lamb, or you need like lamb shoulder for like the stew meat. But they did have veal. And I was like, I guess we're going to make a veal stew then because why not? That sounds cool. Absolutely. It was amazing. I think the lamb stew would also be good because lamb definitely has its own like the gamey flavor. But – I can't wait to make this again. I can't wait to make it again with lamb. It was awesome. Like, I had it, and then I had it for brunch the next day. It was went great with a Bloody Mary. But what you Believe missed was the fried egg on top. That was all for her. Listen, that's that was – like she got to have it. Blame my, blame my preschool. I went to this preschool, and they would make me eat a hard-boiled egg every single day. And, like, they would make me sick. I know, but, like, a fried I know it's egg, different. It's I know it's different, but it's, it's just, different. like – an egg is an egg to me. Like I'm, and listen, I tried one. Vince Condi made me at his dad's house try an egg or sandwich because, like, no, you don't get it. This is the best thing ever. It was like, you know, some like, I don't know about that bread and a fried egg. It was like a fried egg sandwich that they like loved. And I was like, yeah, I took a bite. I was very nice. I'm like, yeah, not for me. It's just not for me. Eggs themselves are not for me. But that's okay. They're for a lot of people. Two eggs over easy over some. 
homemade biscuits and gravy Saturday yeah. morning. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was – you're loving it. I needed Love something it. to coat, the, liked coat this, the tummy. You would have liked this stew, I'm telling you. Oh, and there are potatoes in it, obviously, some redskin potatoes. You do – okay, redskin, like yeah. chopped up, small? Like, cut, like small ones cut in half. They're Perfect. like – I tried to get ones that were like all about like real small. I'm telling you what, it was – it was bonkers. Like I, I, I couldn't believe how good it was. I was like so pumped. Like two cups of wine, four cups of beef broth, freshers thyme. If I do lamb, I'll put some fresh rosemary because I have my own rosemary bush. Oh, love it! Can't get enough. Good for you. Yeah, I like. And that trust me. If I'd been home, in a heartbeat. Oh but yeah, you'd be all over it. You'd yeah, be all over. I'm, it. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of the uh, the whole cooking. The uh, oh my god, gotcha. griddle would have gotten used. Maybe a little grill. Maybe a little smoker. Ah, everything outside. It sounds delightful. And then though Sunday night, I like to do this in football season. It's weird. Sunday night, I love Chinese food in only in football season. Only in football season. I mean, I like Chinese food all the time, but like I don't really get it. We don't get Chinese food very often. But on a Sunday night in football season, it's like the be- I love it. it's the best. What's the go to? Which place? No, no, like orders. What's the order? Yeah. Um, always a mushu pork pot stickers. Uh, I love a wonton soup for sure because it's got pasta basically in the soup. Um, always a mushu, sometimes a noodle, but no noodle last night. A beef with broccoli. Kayla, in, I never has before, and you're gonna be like, "What?" I'd never had orange chicken before. Really? But we got it without the breaded meat because she didn't want bread meat. So we got orange chicken last night, and then a Szechuan prawns, which was oh, delightful. Orange chicken is pretty good. It is good. It's such a different taste from everything else, though. So that it's hard to like – I like to put it all in like kind of one bowl and mix everything around, but it needs to be eaten totally separately. But it was very good. It was good. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it was good. It I was love good. Chinese food. Good. Me too. Now I got to go get in the gym right yeah, after the show. Yeah, not me. Yeah, well, be well. I love you. Good day. I, I'm fine. I Great. Nothing to see here. <laughs> good. Yeah, well. <laughs> At least that's what the docs keep telling yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right, some news from around the NFL. The NFL announced this morning that it's replacing the Pro Bowl with a flag football game in a series of skills competition dubbed the Pro Bowl Games. Duh. We've, how long have we been saying this for? Uh, ever. It's great. Ever is the answer. I, I find it interesting, though, that it's going to be Peyton Manning and Omaha Productions kind of spearheading this. This could go in a number of different directions, I feel like. Yeah, no doubt. I, I think, first of all, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be great to see. And it says, feature events that showcase players in football and non-football skills spanning the week. Like, I'd love to watch an NFL player dunk contest. I'd love to see that. That would be great. I'd love to see quarterbacks throwing, kickers doing the stuff that they can do with the ball. I'd love to see all this stuff. I think it's great. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm all in. That has increased my excitement for the Pro Bowl in general and that week like a hundredfold. Yeah, well, and now, and I thought Peyton said it best. I read a quote from him this morning in the release, and it was just, you know, it, it's it's a great time to honor players, and it's a, you know, it's an opportunity for that players and their families to to go somewhere and be wrecking, like, and we still want to, you still want to take advantage of that. Yeah. So, like, give them the opportunity. This is an opportunity for everybody to get together, for everybody to compete, in something yes and just to have a good time and i think they're gonna have fun yes that's what i think i think i think everybody involved is gonna like i think it's a it's a huge win it's a huge win much like the nba all-star game 
half of the fun is what's going on before that, right? Like it's what's going on, you know, to make it three points, dunks, the skills challenges, all of that. The stuff that goes on around it, I think that's what's so cool. That's what, I'm into that. That's what I'm all about. Give me a little beer pong. Absolutely. Let, let's let's go with some games of let, let's go with some darts. Some let's go beer some pong. I love it. ESPN Ocho type game because you see these people compete and they will compete and they're gonna love yes. it it's gonna be so fun yeah i'm exactly. all in on that. i think that this is i think this is a massive massive win for the nfl massive win for the nfl yes. um all right let's go through this slate yesterday real quickly because i know we got a lot of stuff to get to here on today's program but we'll go through yesterday real quickly um early games we'll start with you know in our division baltimore 37 26 Big news, the Mac Jones injury. Lamar Jackson continues to be spectacular. 218 passing, four touchdowns, ran for 107 and a touchdown. J.K. Dobbins made his return, seven carries, 23 yards, uh, two catches, 17. Mark Andrews continues to be a force. So Lamar Jackson threw 27 targeted passes yesterday. 13 of them went to Mark Andrews. Eight catches, 89 yards, two touchdowns. Not too shabby. No, not too shabby. Good fantasy day if you have that. Yes. On the other side for New England, one thing that's interesting about our matchup potentially with Baltimore, New England ran all over them. 28 carries, 145 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Mac Jones threw for 321, but threw three picks before getting injured. Uh, Devontae Parker, five for 156. But fantasy-wise, Ramonde Stevenson, guy that I was big on as a little bit of a sleeper, is he overtaking Damian Harris? He did in this game. So that's something to keep an eye on that there. But, I mean, the, the story now becomes Mac Jones. And how 100%. long is he out for? It says that, a while. He's hoping to avoid surgery yeah, is the, the latest. The story continues said. to evolve yes. here, and none of it's positive if you're a New England fan. No. When you say, I'm hoping to avoid surgery, it means that surgery could potentially be on the table. And if that's the case, you know, he's obviously out for a, a, a while. But this feels like a four- to six-week injury if it is a one two three-week injury if he misses the next three games then he would miss the game with the Browns but even so it, it would be my guess would be if he were to play against the Browns it would be he would be coming back like that week yeah that definitely something to watch here uh, you know and impress uh, Ravens continue to impress yep they do and, they, and it's listen right now like they mean, could be three and oh they they much like we did they absolutely let one get away, and they're 2-1. and one. And then the Bengals in our division got their first win of the season. Burrow, 23 of 36, 275, three touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Boyd, four for 105 and touchdown. T. Higgins had five for 93 in the first half, got knocked out of the game on an insane hit, and then was able to come back and, and did well. Jamar Chase scored six catches, only 29 yards, so that's odd. Um, for the Jets. He had a fumble, I think, in the game, too. He did. Lo he lost a fumble. For the Jets, Flacco, 285, two picks, no touchdowns after throwing four against the Browns the week before that. Um, Tyler Conklin, eight for 84, the tight end. And then Garrett Wilson had 10, ca uh, 10 targets, six catches, 50, 60 yards. Brees Hall, six targets, uh, 11 targets, six catches, 53 yards. Brees Hall, when they turn it over to him, that's a guy who I think, like, we're going to be talking about him in the last eight games of the season as a fantasy stud. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Patience. Put him on your bench. Just leave him there. Leave him there. But I, but I really, I do believe that it's the, the time is coming. Yeah. Well, there were two things in the Jets game. Did I see correctly the defensive lineman for the Jets? Yeah, I don't know what was that. Coach yeah. There? Have we heard anything more about that? No. 
have not heard anything more. Was it Quinn and Williams? Quinn and Williams and their D line coach. Yeah. Quinn and Williams looked like he was like, I'm gonna like and the D line coach was like, Let's go. You want to get it on, let's go. Which he was, did not back down. No, but it was And then crazy. did Burrow get into it with his with his QB coach or OC or something? That I didn't see. That I did not see. I, I thought I saw something about that as I was prepping here today. Yeah. Yeah, that I, that I did not see. I know that he had a very solid game and a, and a solid win. So that's what happened in the AFC North. We can talk about some more stuff around the league as the show goes on. But we'll take a quick break and then hit Kareem Hunt up before uh, we get. I believe, actually, Jacob Phillips will hear from Okay, you. we'll hit Jacob Phillips next. Then 2 o'clock, Jim Donovan, 2.15. Potentially Kareem Hunt, 2.30, Nick Shook. So load it up for you kids here on a Monday. Cleveland Browns Daily, 8.50 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Well, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Nathan Zagura, Jason Gibbs with you. And with the unfortunate injury to Anthony Walker Jr., it was time for Jacob Phillips to step up. And he did so against the Pittsburgh Steelers, had the team's lone sack, had a big PBU later to force a field goal, and was really all over the field. Well, they're going to need Jacob Phillips to be all over the field a lot going forward as he is now the starting Mike linebacker for your team coming off a game in which he led the team in tackles against the Steelers with seven. As I mentioned, he had the sack, a tackle for a loss, a pass defense, and a quarterback hit. Phillips now moves into prime time, and he spoke with the media earlier today. Uh, very tough. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, in our room, uh, we're really like on the team, you know, we have him in high regard and, uh, you know, he was a great teammate. Uh, you know, obviously when you lose uh, good players on your team, uh, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, you wish it wouldn't happen. But, uh, you know, play football long enough, you know, injuries are going to happen. And, uh, you know, he'll get through this and, uh, you know, prayerfully. And uh, uh, we just going to, you know, keep going. Sounds like Jake Green to take the green dot over, so making the calls. Mm. It, have you already talked to Anthony about maybe some nuances that? Like, how prepared do you feel to be able to, to make all the calls and everything? Yeah, so I've been, every time you, you see me in the game, uh, since my rookie year, I've had the green dot. So uh, it's like really nothing new. Uh, so I had the green dot last game, every game. And uh, I've obviously gained, like, you know, different things, you know, uh, you know how to, uh, I guess, best. Like just do it, you know, efficiently, and uh, you know it's just a it's just a part of it, another task that you add on. But uh, you know, I like it. Uh, it was actually it was loud. It was loud in the stadium. The fans was yelling uh, this past Thursday night. But now nah, you know uh, you just kind of like calm yourself, listen real hard, and then you know just regurgitate it out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, very blessed and very fortunate, uh, you know, uh, this training camp and then starting the season, you know, just remaining healthy and, uh, you know, just want to keep going, you know, getting better every week. Uh, you know, I feel like I've done that and uh, just, uh, you know, just keep putting it all together and trying to help my team the best I can. Obviously, the circumstances are what you wanted, but how excited are you to get that more playing time that you're going to get? Uh, you know, very excited, uh, you know. Always, you know, take advantage of every opportunity you get because uh, you never know when when's the you know 
the day that, you know, we may be sitting down. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's going to be good. Uh, I'm going to have fun with it. You know, I love the game. I love the, I love the team. You know, I love, like, you know, everything that we have. So uh, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. What do you still think you need to – there is there anything you still think you need to prove or show for the, your teammates or the league just about you as a player? Uh, you know, just keep playing, you know, uh, keep hustling, keep uh, – you know, being there for my teammates, keep being reliable, and uh, you know, it's going to all come together. What did you like better, the sack or the uh, tip? Uh, the back. Uh, definitely the sack, you know, being right there and, uh, you know, being able to celebrate in front of the fans. Uh, you know, you, you, you live for those moments, so, uh, you know, won't play anymore. I would see JOK in practice today and yeah. didn't finish the game. Are you worried about the depth at that position without? Nah, not at all. Uh, Cause like in our room, you know, we all preach that like, uh, you know, we need everybody. And I feel like everybody, like we got really good coaches, uh, we got really good players. I feel like everybody in there can, uh, you know, step up to the plate. Uh, you know, when they called upon, like in the game, like Tony came in, made a play. Taki moved to Nickel Will, you know, did good. So, like I feel like, you know, we very well coached in our room. You know, everybody gets the same coaching the whole time. Uh, you know, we all get rest in practice, so. Uh, you know, obviously we're gonna miss him for sure, but you know, I feel like I'm confident in my guys. Though. Did you think those two plays I mentioned was a good example of your range? You blitzed on one and you yeah. covered pretty deep on the other. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's just uh, like a testament to like you know, uh, like athletically, you know what what I can do, uh, and you know, just like when you get that confidence, you know, you play play loose, play fast, and uh, you know, yeah, we just put it on tape. Uh, you know that would be for y'all to decide. Uh, you know, as a as a player here, you know we keep our keep our blinders on. You know we stay focused. Uh, you know, old things we really uh, you know taking into account is you know what's said in the locker room, and uh, you know so we trust each other. Uh, you know we're gonna fight for each other. We put in the work and the hours and the off season with each other, and uh, you know we just uh, we just got one goal on Sundays and that's to win. Uh, what, are, what are some of the challenges? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously he's a scrambler. Uh, you know, he's an experienced quarterback. You know, he's seen different defenses before. Uh, you know, they have a they have an explosive offense. So, uh, you know, it's just gonna be you know everybody playing sound. Everybody you know uh, you know going key to key. You know, in the boot run run game and uh, and just uh, you know us just doing our job. All right, that's Browns linebacker Jacob Phillips. When we come back, we're kicking off hour number two in style. The voice of the Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, joins us here. It's Cleveland Browns Daily on ESPN 850 WKNR Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea Tailgate pregame party prior to every home game. Twisted Tea Tailgate is located on the west side of First Energy Stadium and combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and food and drink options. The tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. And with that, we go on to the Twisted Tea Hotline and welcome in the voice of your 2-1 Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan. 
Jim, thanks for joining us here today. How was the weekend? Free of football, unless you chose to sit down and watch some of that out there on the Ponderosa. <laughs> I have to admit, I did, uh, I did plant myself yesterday. Uh, I was very interested to watch New England, Baltimore, yep. uh, and the battle between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So Saturday, no, I was out doing things, had a great day Saturday, great time Saturday night. But yesterday I was kind of intrigued to watch what, what, what was going on around the landscape of the league because, you know, we're kind of zoned in on what's going on here, and you want to see what's going on out there in the, uh, as far as the rest of the NFL. So I got a pretty good picture of it yesterday. You certainly did, and you started to mention Baltimore, New England. That was a game I was able to watch a lot of on Sunday. Uh, Lamar Jackson continues to impress. 218 yards passing, four touchdowns, ran for 107 and a touchdown. As the, that, was a, that was a fun game to watch. A lot of back and forth, a lot of drama. It looked like the Patriots were going to have it, and then they gave it back away. But what jumped out to you about the, our AFC North foe, the Baltimore Ravens? Well, it's amazing because uh, Lamar Jackson at any point in the football game, even if it's a bumpy segment of the game for Baltimore offensively or just overall offensively or defensively, how he can just grab the game and kind of take it over himself individually, get a big first down, get a game-breaking type run, and get them back into the end zone, uh, whether he does it or he throws the pass. His, his passing game has really improved through the year yes. as you watch him. I mean, he is definitely much better of a thrower of the football than he was when he first came in, where he was really a guy that ran that could sometimes throw. But the other thing that impressed me, and I would hope that the Browns could do this, if you noticed yesterday, Baltimore's defense, you know, at times got pushed around a little bit by no Michael, doubt. but they always came up they always came up with big turnovers. They had the big interception in the end zone. They had the big knockaway by Kyle Hamilton on the, yep. on the play to Aguilar that seemed like it had the Patriots down the field. And I think that's the one thing that's missing, you know, from the Browns' defense right now is they're unable to get turnovers. And as, you know, we mentioned on the air the other night, you brought it up, you know, there have been a ton of balls on the ground in the way of fumbles, but we haven't been able to capture those. And we have the interception by Delpit. Uh, and I know, you know, Denzel Ward got that fumble recovery at the game, but that's kind of a fluky play. Sure. I think that they would really help themselves, Nathan, uh, because Baltimore did yesterday by coming up with turnovers. If that faucet could get turned on, because I know that's how it starts, really. seems like all of a sudden in one game you get four, and then things start going. Yeah, that's how the, the formula the Browns used to beat Cincinnati in Cincinnati last year. They got the pick six early, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, three turnovers later, you've got a nice comfortable win. But you're right, three interceptions for that Ravens defense, and they were also able to get a fumble on that one. So four takeaways from them. And you can go back and look at the Ravens against the Jets. They were able to get takeaways in that game. And so you're right. I think that's a very important thing that the Browns defense needs to be able to do. Now, the big news coming out of this game from a Browns perspective the injury to Mac Jones says he will miss significant time with that high ankle sprain. And now you have to wonder, is Mac Jones the quarterback of the Patriots when they come here in a few weeks? Well, it could be another homecoming. It could be That's we right. had Mitch Trubisky the other night. We could have Brian Hoyer coming back in. I mean, he seems like he might be the next guy up. The kid that they have. Is it Zappy? Is that his name, Zappy? The kid from uh, – Yeah, that's, that's, that's their, their third stringer. Yep. Yeah. I know he played a lot in the preseason, but I don't know if they're, uh, you know, ready to elevate him. Um, you know, Mac Jones is uh, – it, it really 
he had such a great game against us last year. I mean, that's yeah. probably his best game of the year last season came against us where he threw everything and they caught everything that he threw and he yeah. had a great, great ball game in that blowout. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be a big factor. That could be a real death knell to their season because, um, you know, I think that they need him to play well and there were parts of the game yesterday where he was playing well and they were in the lead or very close to the lead. But if he misses a significant amount of time, I would think that would be a major problem for them. And if they came here and he wasn't playing and Brian Hoyer was in there as a quarterback, um, I love Brian, but I mean, I think that the Browns would definitely, you know, have a, have a better time defending against him rather than Mac Jones. Hey, you're exactly right. Talking with the voice of the Browns, Jim Donovan. So we go around the AFC North hoping for a little bit of help there. We didn't get any from the Patriots. We did not get any from the Jets. And so the Jets have now, who opened basically just in our division, they beat us, but they have lost to both the Ravens and now the Bengals 27-12. And it looked like Joe Burrow kind of got his mojo back throwing the football. Yeah, he did. Uh, you know, that's a, I don't know about you, that's a difficult game for me to even look into and watch because of what happened the week before. It's just hard yep. to still swallow the fact that they just got <laughs> yep. the better of us or we got the better of ourselves or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was uh, – I think that – I think that, they, you know, Cincinnati certainly uh, at, at some point and definitely that was a – you know, that was the right game for them yesterday to get going once again and get themselves going and get Joe Burrow going. I mean, that's too talented a team to be looking at 0-3 which is really a bad way to be. I mean, you don't want to be the Raiders today at 0-3, uh, and the Bengals certainly didn't want to be there. Uh, there's a lot of football left for them. There's a lot of talent on that team. But it really kind of tells you that the division is really wide open. You know, Nathan, everybody That's was right. talking at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of the season about all these super teams, you know, Buffalo super team, Kansas City, still that kind of team, Cincinnati, you know, super team, Chargers, and, you know, everybody's having their own little problems in some way. The real surprise is Miami being at 3-0 and right now. It is, and they've done it beating the Ravens. They've done it beating now the Buffalo Bills in a dramatic game. It featured the first-ever butt punt you had for a safety. You had a bunch of crazy things going on in that one. But you're right, and Denver has looked dreadful, frankly, even though they find right. they found ways to win you know, their last two and honestly probably should feel like they should be 3-0 and after the loser in the opener in Seattle. But this AFC, and we're starting to see injuries, and, and our opponent in Week right. 5, the Chargers, Herbert's clearly not 100%. They lose their great left tackle for the season, Rashawn Slater, and then Joey Bosa goes out with a groin injury, so you wonder how long he will be out. But it is wild to see, I think, this AFC, just everybody kind of beating everybody up because there is a lot of talent, certainly, in this conference. There really is, and I think that that's probably the way it's going to play out, that you can beat anybody on, you know, on a particular Sunday, especially if uh, health-wise you go into a game and you're okay and you can get through that game and you're not losing significant people. I mean, we're not only talking about quarterbacks getting dinged up and but we're talking about offensive linemen, and really, yep. I mean, as we saw last year, when your offensive line gets banged up, I mean, the Browns' offensive line is a great, great unit. But when you start subtracting from that unit one by one, and a guy can't practice, can't play on a Sunday, it really changes everything that you can do. Uh, it changes all of your plans, your game plan. And I think a lot of teams are getting hit with that, you know, just three weeks into the season. So um, it is. it really is wide open. I mean, you take a look, Nathan – uh, what a difference Doug Peterson has been going into oh. Jacksonville 
I mean, they yeah. just look, you know, just so different than the way they looked last year with Urban Meyer as their coach. And, you know, I think some people rather too quickly were saying, I don't know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he may not be what everybody thought he was going to be. He looks every bit what, you know, a lot of people think he's going to be right now. And just with some organization and some sound coaching, uh, you know, things turn around. It's incredible. And one of the stats that I came across today while, you know, just kind of going through things and, and getting ready, and I did watch that game, and Lawrence was phenomenal. Here's a, a this is from Warren Sharp of Sharp Football. In the wins of more than 21 points by the Jacksonville Jaguars from 2018 to 2021, 65 games, they won by more than 21 points zero times. In 2022, they've already won twice by more than 21 points. Just a stunning turnaround, and it shows how much coaching matters and also getting you know Trevor Lawrence in a situation that is healthy and positive for him, and, and they're playing phenomenal football. I mean, that was just – that was a beating from the opening yeah. bell against the Chargers. Yeah, it really was. And if you go back that one year where they were like three and a half minutes away from going to the Super Bowl and they're in Foxborough and they're beating Bortles. the Patriots. Yep. Remember, that was a great defensive Jacksonville yes. team. I mean, that was a team that if they were going to get there, they were going to get there by defense. And they almost did that day. They really had Tom Brady pretty bottled up throughout most of that afternoon until finally, you know, he got loose and the, and the Patriots squeaked by. But that was not an offensive. That was not an offensive juggernaut. That was Leonard Fournette. Uh, That's right. Great defense. It certainly was. All right, let's go back to Thursday because it's kind of a crazy to think that it was only eight days ago we had that game against the Jets. It feels to me like it's almost been a week since we played the Steelers, but it what did happen Thursday night, First Energy Stadium, 29-17. to 17. I thought it was a tremendous environment that night, and the Browns showed a lot of resilience coming off of that collapse to come back and get a huge win over a division rival. Oh, it was. Um, and, um, you know, there was some tension, I think, walking into that stadium. I mean, how were they going to react to what had happened, a real collapse in the last minute 55 from the previous Sunday? Um, and they came out, and I thought offensively they were really good all night long. And for a lot of people um, that said going into the season, you know what, maybe Kevin Stefanski should give up calling plays and just be the head coach and I mean, turn it over to Alex Van yeah. Pelt, and I don't have any – lack of confidence in Alex Van Pelt, but I have to tell you something. Kevin Stefanski is really setting up and, and putting together and then implementing some tremendous game plans. Their yes. construction of their running game and what they're doing with that running game and getting the most that they can, squeezing everything they can out of those two running backs, uh, it is really something to watch. It's beautiful to watch, really. Um, and Jacoby Brissett's been amazing. I mean, he really has. Whereas we thought we were going to have to put a bib around him and kind of spoon feed him, uh, you know, to get him through these games waiting for Deshaun Watson. That isn't the case at all. No, and, and he's made big throw after big throw. He's been brilliant the last two weeks. What's kind of surprised you about Jacoby or what has kind of stood out to you as being like oh, eye-opening about his performances, certainly in the last two home games? Well, not that I watched a lot of him in his previous years in the NFL. I mean, you know, he was a good story. I remember when he came in and he played for Brady when he was suspended in New England. I remember when he beat the Browns in Indianapolis. Uh, but I really, you know, didn't follow him a great deal. Sure. I, mean, I, I knew of him. Um, I just think the week-to-week -week improvement and the fact that he just runs the offense. Um, and I know, he's, I know that Kevin speaks of this and everybody else that has coached him says that he's really a coach's dream 
because he just wants to do what you want him to do. And I think that they feel that they have a good offensive game plan each week. All right, go out and run it. And he does, and he runs it very, very well. Um, He doesn't really put the ball in peril at all. When he needs to make a play, he makes a play, a la all those quarterback sneaks, which we couldn't do a year ago because of the physical injuries to Baker Mayfield. Um, But I, I just think watching him grow into it, I think it's a great marriage right now. I think that this offense, he likes it. He feels comfortable with it. They feel very comfortable with him, and that's been longstanding, going back to the offseason when they wanted to get him in the first place. So I think the thing that impresses me the most is just what a great leader he is. And, you know, he's a big, tough guy out there that can really, when you need it, he can get you the six inches of the yard in a critical point in the game. After all, quarterback sneaks are usually a very critical play believe it or not yeah they're always for conversions <laughs> they are always very important and you know he right now is is one of the best I, I somebody was telling me the other day i think he is 35 for 36 in his career and i know we already have like, six six first downs due to his quarterback six heck he almost ran one in from 11 yards on a quarterback sneak in that game right. against the steelers uh, you mentioned in the afternoon brady and rogers which was an interesting game I don't know I wouldn't call it uh, an exciting game per se if you like offensive football but going on at the same time our opponent this week the Atlanta Falcons in Seattle looking for their first win which they got in a game that actually was fairly dramatic 27 to 23 and this is a team that on paper does not look great but Marcus Mariota can be efficient as a quarterback. Cordero Patterson's running the ball very well. And then you've got two giants in Kyle Pitts and Drake London. So kind of an interesting offense that was on display there in this 27-23 win over Seattle. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, And the thing is, you know, Nathan, I think Arthur Smith is another guy that probably doesn't get enough credit for being a really good offensive mind. I mean, I remember when he came in as the offensive coordinator, and I think the game against the Browns that year in the opener might have been his first game as the offensive coordinator, first regular season game. I wish he didn't have Um, that screen pass on his uh, play sheet down that day, Jim. (laughs) That's right. 75 yards, you're right. That's right. But, I I mean, I I really think that, uh, you know, he's like our guy. I mean, I think that they do a great job with the offense. So I think that he probably takes a look at Marcus Mariota, who he had in Tennessee. Um, and says, okay, this is, let's make this work. This is how we're going to do it. Just follow me and what I'm calling and have trust in me, and, and I'll get you into the right call. And, the, and I think that's what they're doing right now. And as you said, they have enough of the components of playmakers out there that they can, they can score some points. So, yeah, this, this looks like um, a very, very you know, tough test, good test for the Browns on Sunday to get to that magic number of 3-1. and one. I know everybody – looked at yep. the first four games of this season and said, all right, in a perfect world, 4-0, and okay? But we didn't get there. But 3-1 and would be, uh, you know, the magic number. So we can get there with a road win on Sunday. And uh, But I don't think we can waltz in there and just think, you know, same old Falcons of the last few years. Uh, looks, like they're on the, looks like they're on the rise a bit. They are. It is going to be a tough game. And as we know, the weather going on down in Florida, and we hope everybody stays safe down there. We'll make its way up to Atlanta around the time that we go in there on Saturday. So, Jim, (laughs) knowing that you're the kind of flyer that I am as well, I'm sure you're going to be checking the weather, making sure we're not flying any crazy winds or anything of that nature. Oh, I know, and it's only it's only Monday. I'm, you know, I'm gonna have to follow the track of this thing the entire week. Yes, hopefully. Look, 
if we have to have a white knuckler at some point this weekend, I trust them to get us on the ground safely, and then maybe Sunday can be relaxing for us uh, inside of the Mercedes-Benz Dome down there uh, in Atlanta, which would be great. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? That would be nice, yeah. It would. Jim, thank you so much for the time. Always a pleasure. And uh, getting ready for the Browns and the Falcons. Game four of the 2022 season. The great Jim Donovan, our guest here on CBD. Have a great day, Jim. You too, Nathan. Take care. All right. When we come back, we'll hear from one of those running backs that Jim talked about, Kareem Hunt at the podium. And at 2.30, Nick Shook, NFL.com, joining the program here. As man, time is flying when we're having fun on this Monday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, welcome back to Cleveland Browns Daily. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers for serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for your free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of the Cleveland Browns. Go Browns. All right, let's go back to the podium. Kareem Hunt off to a great start for your Cleveland Browns. He spoke with the media earlier today. Kareem, I know it's not the, the full buy, but how, how much can you really recover over the, the weekend off? Uh, you know, a good a good amount, especially after playing two games in like 10 days. So, you know, it's, it's nice to have a few days not to do anything. So, It's got to feel pretty good to know you guys already got the win and you can just sit back and watch your win. I think that's one of the, the best things. I'm glad we can get it over with. It, it, you know, it sucked that, you know, we get a short week of practice and stuff. But other than that, it's nice to be able to chill on Sunday, too. I mean, yeah, those guys did a good job of, you know, just trying to fit in, plug all the holes and stuff like that. They they got to tackle, you know, Chubb and I for four quarters. I mean, I, they got to be pretty, you know, tough on your body. Has Jacoby done anything special or specific to kind of, you know, gain the confidence in that over the You know, you're just being a good leader, man, and making the plays that we need and just coming in and, you know, <laughs> leading us. And that's what we need, a guy like that who's going to, you know, make the throws and do his part. He's been, he's been in this spot before it's in some ways. Was it a pretty natural transition when he started getting in front of the house? Uh, yeah, you know, you can see what type of guy he is, you know. He leads by, you know, going out there and playing hard and, you know, by coaching guys up, too. He's been he's been to a lot of different teams and seen a lot of different things, too. Uh, I mean, I feel like he's a guy who got something to prove, too, and he wants to win, and he's a guy who we can just, you know, you know, help take some pressure off him, too. Uh, I think it was a good play, but we should have had more, but it's all good. He was fired up, man. I love seeing that when he's playing with that fire under him. And, you know, it's going to be hard to beat a guy like that. So you and Jim are both going airborne a lot this, this season. It seems you guys have some kind of little – do you have a discussion about that at all? Or are you guys kind of trying to outdo each other with any of that? Nah. I, <laughs> he took that out of my playbook, but it's all good. <laughs> nah, I'm just messing with him, though. Nick's a heck of a, you know, tailback. He can do that stuff, too. So 
you know, I love to see when he does it. That's, you know, it gets me pumped and excited. I mean, yeah, I guess that's, you know, individual goals for us. But <clears throat> like I said, Nick should have led the league already, I believe. I mean, it was like two years ago I feel like he had it. But <clears throat> it was a 200-yard game from Derrick Henry. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, Nick, he, he deserves it. He, he brings it every time he touches the field. And, you know, I like having a guy like that on our team. Yeah, definitely. That would definitely help. How much of those really long drives that you guys go on, it's, it's become a consistent thing here where you're putting together those 10, 11, 12 play drives. Just how much fun are those as you walking the ball down the field the way you guys do? I mean, it's it's very fun because that helps us get more swings at the you know plate. You know, it helps us uh, <clears throat> put points on the board and keep the you know defense fresh and. Stuff like that, time of, you know, taking care of the ball, time of possession. All right, that's Browns running back Kareem Hunt there at the podium. When we come back, good friend of the show, Nick Shook from NFL.com. He joins us when we come back, bottom of the hour here, 30 minutes to go, Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, the official printer partner of the Cleveland Browns. While you depend on your Browns to win, you can always depend on OBM because we can tackle any size office. Call 216-485-2000 to learn more or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com today. Back to the Twisted T hotline we go, and we welcome in from NFL.com. Great friend of the program, newly minted fiance nick shuck what's up nick shuck what's up man how are you dude how are you how's fiance life going congratulations to you and your bride what a treat thank you sir it's uh it's gonna be a while before the wedding she's got some school to finish but it is it's fantastic you know it's a long time coming i'm sure you understand exactly how it feels that's right. No, absolutely. We are very happy for you. Before we get into to the Browns and we get into the NFL, I do have to ask you uh, about one question. On Instagram, your profile photo, photo, you're looking jacked, bro. Is that recent? What's going on there? No, no, that's super old. That's like, um, God, that's from, I think, 2016 or 17. I haven't changed that in ages. <laughs> Why would you? You're looking like a like an absolute monster. In your Cleveland well, Guardians dad, gear told, now? Yeah, yeah. My dad told me to take a, you know, to he was taking a picture of me when I was visiting home from L.A. and he said, uh, "Flex," and I said, "Okay." You know, when your dad tells you to flex, you flex. Yeah. All right, there it is. Beautiful, beautiful. Let's talk Browns two and one. Browns absolutely feel like they should be three and zero. Oh. We know what happened against the Jets was not good, but what did you make of their ability to bounce back and 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 be led by Jacoby Brissett to a big win over the Steelers? Well, thank God for a short week, right? I mean, yes. if there was ever a time to have a Thursday night game, it's coming off of that collapse in week two. Uh, I mean, they could very easily be 3-0. and Unfortunately, they could very easily be 1-2 and right now as well because of the margin yep. of victory, how close it's been. 
in these games because if you look at the Steeler game, you know, 29-17 was the final, but it's really 23-17. Sure. Um, but you have to feel good about the fact that you're 2-1. and one. You're 2-1, and one, and Jacoby Brissett has played very good football at a, at a difficult position and in a difficult situation the last two games. I mean, you know, I don't think that they – well, I still in my mind think that they should have beaten the Jets, and they could be 3-0 and right now. So if you if you count that in, I mean, they don't get in that position without the way that Brissett has played in the last two games, and especially on Thursday night. You know, he came up in the clutch in multiple instances. There was the handful of sneaks he had on, on fourth and one. The last one I thought yep. was fantastic where he split over a gap because he knew that they were going to be filling the A gap. That was just a savvy veteran move. And the other point really is the execution of well-timed play calling. That third and one throw to Amari Cooper over the uh, middle. A great call by Kevin Stefanski and a great job of Brissett executing it to perfection. The only thing he could have done better on that on that play was lead the ball a little bit in front of Amari Cooper because if he did that, it probably wouldn't have been a touchdown. But it still paid off. So you have to feel really good about the way he's handled this situation. He's looking better than he has probably since he filled in for Andrew Luck in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's exactly what you expected or what you hoped for when, when you signed him in the offseason. So you have to be really happy about that. You also have to be very happy about the way the offensive line and the ground game has been working. They have been able to control every game they've been into this point because of the rushing attack, whether it's been Nick Chubb leading the way, Kareem Hunt sprinkled in, it's a powerful attack. It's built with that offensive line, that Bill Callahan offensive line yep. that has blocked really well. Even with guys missing at tackle, they've still played really well to this point. So um, you have to be encouraged by what you've seen from your offense. You've gotten 30 points in week two. You got 26 in week one. You got 29 in week three. Those are winning totals. And that is not yeah. what we expected, I think, from this team going into the season. So you have to feel good about it. Now, you and I both know the gauntlet starts in about a week. You get past yep. Atlanta, and you got quite a tough schedule ahead. But again, this is a team that's built to be able to control the game and stay in those games as long as they avoid the back-breaking mistakes, which they have really not committed to this point. So you have to be excited. Yeah, and we're right now we're kind of looking at a situation where the Chargers, you know, we saw they just lost Rashawn Slater, Justin Herbert's banged up, Bosa's banged up, that we don't know if the Patriots are going to have Mac Jones by the time they get here. So an ever-evolving NFL landscape, but also true for the Browns who lose Anthony Walker and what I think was a big, big loss there. But I want to go back to something you talked about uh, with this Browns offense. Jacoby's doing a great job, but what's your uh, assessment of, of just kind of the scheme and the play calling right now of Kevin Stefanski? Because from where I sit, I, I feel like he's on a little bit of a heater right now. Yeah, he's definitely on a heater. Uh, the involvement of Amari Cooper in the last two weeks has been a great example of that. You know, Amari was kind of a non-factor in week one. They were able to win that game, but you wondered, you know, when is he going to get involved? And he's been a huge part of the offense the last two weeks. They've schemed him open. They schemed him open on touchdown passes that he caught in the last couple of games, and, and he's become a very productive and important part of this offense. You know that you don't have the highest ceiling with Jacoby in the way that he, you know, just is physically gifted as a quarterback. Uh, sure. But they've maximized that because of the way that they've they've – taking advantage of Amari Cooper's skills, especially down distance situations. The other thing I really loved is in the uh, the role that David Njoku has played. He was a huge part of that win on Thursday night. I kept waiting for the Steelers to go into halftime and adjust and slide Minka down and try and pick off one of those passes. And Minka was a non-factor. And I think a lot yeah. of that is credit to both Jacoby being able to identify where he is before the snap and also Kevin Stancy scheming him out of the game, you know, avoiding going to wherever Minka was and trusting that his veteran quarterback would be able to execute. So, I really love that. Um, the, the the ground game is, is what you expect. I've also loved, you know, sprinkling in a little bit of, you know, Anthony Schwartz around the edge every once in a while, you know, trying to get him involved as much as possible, uh, considering the fact that he's still inexperienced as a receiver. So, you know, th this is not the most talented offense, at least at receiver, but you have really taken advantage of the weapons that you have. Of course, that starts with Nick Chubb. 
And, uh, and he, yeah, he's definitely been on a heater, I think, in the last two weeks. All right, from one team, maybe not the most talented at wide receiver in the NFL either, but also 2-1, and one, and they've scored 99 points in their three games. The Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, bet on himself, and right now it looks like he's holding a lottery ticket. He's been sensational. What do you make of this Ravens team, and is this sustainable what we're seeing right now with Lamar? I think, uh, yes, I do. Um, and the reason is, Greg Roman, you want to talk about somebody who's been on a heater, Greg Roman's been on a heater uh, as, as an offensive coordinator because we know the narrative has been surrounding the Ravens the last couple of years. They're predictable. They, they're a great running team, but they can't throw the football. Well, they're throwing the football, my friend. They're putting it yep. all over the field. Lamar Jackson throwing from the pocket really effectively and showing off that arm. Now, is he perfect when it comes to accuracy? No. He misses some throws. He makes some mistakes here and there. But more often than not, he has been very good from the pocket and also extending the play, which we always expect from him. The other important part of that offense is the development of the receivers. Devin Duvernay had a heck of a day yesterday yeah. against the Patriots. And Rashad Bateman is starting to live up to the hype that we all heard about going into the last season. So those two guys have stepped up. You know what you get out of Mark Andrews, who's an elite tight end. And you combine all of that with Lamar's ability and then the ground game kind of getting going. You know, I'm sure you're on the same page as me here. One guy I really love in their backfield is Justice Hill. Man, he's a smaller back, but he quick explosive. They yep. don't run him a lot. They don't run him a lot. But when they do, man, I love watching him run the football. So you combine him with Dobbins, who's just making his way back from his own injury that he suffered last year. It's a nice little one-two punch in the running element of Lamar. they got a lot of different ways they can go about attacking an opposing defense, and they're going to continue to put up points. The only question is, is can they avoid the mistakes that they've made that have allowed the other teams to stay in games. Miami was capitalizing in week two, and they came back and won that game. New England had multiple chances to take the lead in that game yesterday and just didn't execute. So I think that a lot of their games are going to be close, but they are going to put up a lot of points. We'll see if their defense can follow suit. Yeah, it does feel like that. If there is an Achilles heel right now, it is that defense, and New England really could run the ball all over them. So through a Browns lens, you know, you feel pretty positive about that aspect. Uh, the Bengals finally got their first win yesterday as we stay here in the AFC North and a team that was just too talented to stay down for long. But something just still doesn't quite look right with them to me. What about you? Um, it starts their offensive line. Uh, you know, we talked about the sacks in the first couple of weeks in the season this year. I think he was sacked 13 or 15 times, 15 times dating back to the playoffs last year. Um, and I think it was their last four games or something like that. That was the thing that they supposedly upgraded in the offseason. They went and got Leo Collins at right tackle. They, they addressed the interior. Everything was fine. And then they ended up playing a rookie at left guard to start the season, and he's been exposed in the first two games. And I haven't been able to go back and watch yesterday's game yet, but I can tell you from the first two games that I saw from them, Leo Collins has not lived up to the advertising. Uh, he got absolutely owned by his former teammate Micah Parsons in week two who also dominated Jonah Williams off the edge because Parsons is just a menace. But that's got to get together. you got to protect him efficiently and effectively, consistently enough to allow that offense to really thrive. You give credit to Joe Burrow for trying to make the most of the situation. He had a terrible start to the season against Pittsburgh in week one. He was a little bit better against Dallas, and they finally get the win yesterday. So I think they get back on track over time. It's just that it's not as easy as you expect. And we also know that what happens to teams that lose the Super Bowl? They tend to have a little bit of a slump in the following season. A lot yep. of them don't even make the playoffs. It's going to be a tough road back to the playoffs for the Bengals, not just because they're one and two after three games, but because the AFC is loaded. And I think they're going to run into a couple of really tough teams in Baltimore and surprisingly Cleveland. Now, when they play the Browns, 
Browns still got to get that defense in order. I know they got it in order yep. in the second half against Pittsburgh, but that's not quite the litmus test that you want to measure yourself up against a true contender. So that's going to be a work in progress. If the Browns can control the game on the ground as they've done in their first three games. Now, great, that's week eight. We're talking about Halloween. That's a little bit of sure. ways away. Uh, then they're going to have a shot in that game, I think. So uh, interesting to see where the Bengals go from here. Rough start. If they can get that offensive line figured out as they were supposed to, then I think they'll be back to where they were. But, man, nothing is guaranteed in this in this league. You know, it's it, that's what makes my job so difficult is I'm picking games every week and people love to come at me on Twitter and be like, hey, you screwed this pick up. Oh, you had the you had the Chiefs beating the Colts. You had the Chargers beating the Jags. What did you do? You screwed up. It's like, well, this league's pretty unpredictable. Just when you think you know a little bit, suddenly you realize you don't know anything at all. So week eight is a long way from now. Hopefully the Browns can stay healthy and, and give a good shot against the Bengals. Yeah, it's, it is a long season, and yes, it is an unpredictable league, that's for sure. All right, final team here in the AFC North, the Steelers uh, at 1-2. and two. It just looks to me like at some point they've got to make a change at quarterback. Will that be the answer? I don't know, because their schedule right now, Nick, is about to get brutal. You talked about the gauntlet the Browns have starting week five. The Steelers are in the midst of it right now. Yeah, uh, well, first off, Steve, let me tell you this. For a city – that is home to fans that in which a team known as the Pittsburgh Pirates also exists. I am stunned by how many Steelers fans, at least online, are already throwing in the talent this year. Because, like, you guys know what bad organization looks like in your baseball team. And yet the Steelers, which are the opposite of that, have been the opposite of that for so long, you're already going to give up just because you're one and two after three weeks. And you're. I saw somebody tweet, I think it was one of the radio guys out in Pittsburgh say, if they lose the Jets, they're guaranteed a losing season. And is that because the schedule gets really tough? Yeah, Buffalo, it Tampa, does. Miami, Philadelphia, five weeks, and you get New Orleans, who I'm not so certain about, and then the Bengals. You could lose all of those games if you don't beat the Jets. You could be staring at a bad situation. But, guys, let's not you know that, declare the end of the world already. There's still so much of the season left, and you're the Steelers. What I also have come to realize is that Steelers fans have a little bit of entitlement with them. Uh, one of my good friends, Sean Barry, works down in uh, Tampa at, at Fox 13. He's a lifelong Steeler fan, and he's convinced that it's time to go to Kenny Pickett, and Kenny Pickett's going to work out no matter what. And I think Kenny Pickett yeah. could be good. I, I liked what I saw from him in the preseason, but the problems with them start up front. Their offensive line is not blocking well enough to run the football effectively, and they ran it pretty no. effectively against the Browns on Thursday night For in the half. first half yeah. of that game and yep. then just went away from it. And, and so it's inconsistency up front. It's a low ceiling with Mitch Trubisky, but I don't know if you put Pickett in there and that ceiling suddenly gets higher. Is he maybe a better quarterback? Yeah, but if you can't protect him, a rookie in an NFL regular season environment, you're not really going to get much better results from that. So they're definitely looking at a tough spot, um, but I don't think it's time to necessarily just say that the season's a wash. They're going to have to win in week four. They're going to have to find a way to be competitive in that next month, which is a, a legitimate gauntlet. Those are all Super Bowl contenders from how we stand right now. Uh, and I just I think it's a little bit early to throw pick in there unless you're already throwing in the towel. I, I still think it's the bye week. You put him in against New Orleans, you know, week 10, and you ride out the season from there, especially if you lose four of your next five and you're looking at, you know, uh, two and six going into the bye week. Then you make the change. Sure. But for now, I think you keep riding with it. You try to get a win, get back to two and two, and see what happens from there. All right, I'm going to give you four 10-second clips of things that I saw yesterday that I would like you to rank in whatever order you want. You rank them from like what you thought was either the craziest or most awesome, whatever lens Nick Shook wants to look at these four things that happened yesterday. Number one, right. the butt punt. Number two, 
Number two, Jimmy Garoppolo runs out of the back of the end zone. Number three, Ken Dorsey's reaction to the final offensive play between the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and then one that is actually stupefying, more stupefying perhaps than any of the others. Vita Vea drops in coverage, hits a zone drop, closes on a ball carrier, 350 pounds, crushes him in the back and forces a fumble as a defensive tackle. Okay, let's go with shock value and just overall enjoyment. Number one is Vita Vea because that yep. – okay, all right, look. When Vita Vea was coming into the NFL, he talked about how he used to play a little running back in high school and how he was, he was nice with it, right? But to yep. see that guy who was built like a square, not a rectangle, drop back in coverage and make a key play in that game, that was just fantastic. And you know me, I love the guys in the trenches. So of course you do. That's why I put it in there. Okay. Number two for enjoyment is the butt punt because I think we finally have something that overtakes the butt fumble. Indeed. And the moment in which it happened was huge, absolutely massive. It's a four-point difference. It's cut down to two, and Buffalo has a chance to go down and potentially win the game. Obviously, they don't, which leads us to number three, Ken Dorsey's reaction. Enjoyment because it was appropriate for what had happened. This is a team that was putting up a ton of points. Nobody could stop them. You know, I do a little Twitch streaming on the side, and I'm talking with some of the viewers, and I'm saying, hey, what do you got, Buffalo, uh, Miami this weekend? Buffalo by two touchdowns. No one can stop them. I picked Miami as one of my underdogs this week. I was stunned oh. by the fact that everybody believed that they were untouchable, and I think that's exactly how Ken Dorsey should have reacted. And number four, Jimmy Garoppolo stepping out of the back of the end zone. Still very uh, very fun to watch. You know, I enjoyed it a lot, but it still doesn't hold a candle to Dan Orlowski running out of the back of the end zone. However, he does get some company in that he is not the only quarterback to do that now. Kind of a bummer and really captured what that game was last night, which was a bit of a clunker. Yeah, Dan Orlovsky really celebrated that. He was just leaning all into this absolves me. And I believe we had Gibbe, correct me if I'm wrong, and Shook, it's may have been in the Shook era. Didn't Cody Kessler in a preseason game, I want to say Green in Bay. Green Bay, he did it as well. Didn't get nearly the attention that the two other instances obviously got with Orlovsky and Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, well, that was good there, Nick Shook. That was good. I'll leave you with this one. Just give us two sentences or two seconds here. What you think about the Falcons and, and should the Browns be able to go down to Atlanta and get the, get the job done? Yeah, I think the Browns can go down there and get the job done. They control it with the ground game again. and They force Marcus Mariota to make a couple of mistakes. They're going to have a tough task uh, defending Drake London and Kyle Pitts, but I think they're up to it. And I think, again, they'll control it by controlling time of possession, limiting mistakes, and come out of there with a 3-1 and record. And there it is. Nick Shook. Always a pleasure, brother. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks, guys. All right. The great Nick Shook there joining us via the Twisted Tea Hotline. Still so much more to come when we return here on Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Browns fans can win big with the digital scratch-off game brought to you by the Ohio Lottery on clevelandbrowns.com and Browns social channels. Fans can play once per day throughout the regular season by digitally scratching off a virtual card for chances to win great prizes like team shop gift cards and tickets to future games. For more information, log on to clevelandbrowns.com. That sounds like a lot of fun. I'm in. Yeah, are we allowed to be in? No, probably not. Probably not. Sad. Probably not. I would be in, though. Sounds fun. I would be in. All right, we got one more score, and you got a little news uh, from the Tampa Bay. Yeah, this is from uh, Rick Stroud, one of the uh, the beat guys down there. The Bucks 
working with the NFL to make contingency plans to possibly move Sunday night's game against the Chiefs and or make arrangements to practice in another city Wednesday and Thursday should Hurricane uh, Ian make landfall near Tampa. Something to watch. They are the Sunday night game. It is going to be a really good game. And uh, this hurricane, who knows what's going to happen. It's early in the week. It's only Monday, and a lot can change over the next 24 to 48 hours. But all indications are this is going to come up and might even impact us a little bit come Sunday or Saturday getting into Atlanta at least. So, (sighs) yeah. Jinx that by telling Donovan that. I hope I hope I was trying to reverse jinx it. Hey, it was not working. I don't feel like no. It's gonna be not, we're, not we're with him. He clearly had thought about it before because yes. his reaction said, "Oh boy, doesn't want any part of that." Listen, I don't either. All right, we got one score here to round out the week: the Giants at the Cowboys. Gibbe the two and O Giants battling the one and one Cow- Dallas Cowboys with Cooper with a Rush, new fresh quarterback. I don't know. I'm going to take the G-men here. I think that they get to 3-0, and and Brian Dable pulls off one of the most shocking starts in the league in 2022. You got nothing to lose. Pull out all the stops. Yeah. Because they're not banking on you. No, go for it. Enjoy yourselves. Want to thank Nick Shook and Jim Donovan for being with us here today, as well as our great uh, all the players that join the program. Connor Lawrence. Connor Lawrence. Connor taking care of that. Just getting it done. Way to go. Esteban. Bravo. For the great Gibbe. Nathan's Gura, Bo will be back tomorrow. The next level is next. Thanks for listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.